Well, welcome to the Rooted Podcast. Uh, we are continuing in our uh, Bible reading for the year, and yeah. it's been a good year. I've I've been every morning I open up my LMBC app, and I let the LMBC app, app tell me where I'm going to read. There and, you go. Um, that that helps me get up in the morning, knowing that's one less decision I have to make. Yeah. And uh, this this <laughs> week, uh, our reading is going to be focusing on Christ and the church, or right. Christ and His, and church. his church. Right. Um, so. So we're beginning in John chapter 14. We mm-hmm. actually have a split, a split reading. Yeah. Uh, we've been assigned John 14 verses in there and John 16. 16. Right. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, Bill, what stood out to you about those, about those assigned uh, verses? Well, I think it's kind of interesting. We have to kind of back up just a minute and uh, look at John chapter 14 mm-hmm. in the beginning. Uh, I think at the end of uh, uh, verse 13 or chapter uh, 13, yeah, we find that encounter with Peter, you know, where he's telling Peter, hey, you, you're, uh, you're going to deny me three times. And, of course, we know that had to affect Peter quite a bit. Absolutely. As it would any yeah. of us to, to hear words from Jesus that would say that. But then he, he goes on into uh, chapter 14, and he talks about, uh, you know, if you believe in God, believe also in me. And the famous scripture that you hear at every funeral service and uh, how he says he's going to prepare a place, and then he's going to come again, receive him unto himself. And I believe if we stop and we look at all of this, we see how uh, the people, these guys, these disciples, were uh, they were a little bit confused. Uh, you know, they, they were enjoying themselves with Jesus. They were following Jesus. And here we find now Peter's been told he's going to deny Jesus, and, and now he's saying, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Well, wait a minute, where are you going, you know, and all this. And... And, uh, and then he comes down to this point to where he tells us that uh, he says, I, I'm, I'm going to send you another comforter, a counselor, someone to be with you. And, uh, you know, I think at this point, these guys are kind of confused. You know, we read the scriptures because we have the account of everything. These guys, they, they didn't know any of this stuff. And so they were picking it up for the first time, and, and yet they were, they were a bit confused. Uh, you're going away, you're going to prepare a place, and now you're going to send a comforter. Well, well what's all this mean? What's all this about? And, uh, of course, then Jesus says, well, in our reading today, he says, if you love me, you keep my commandments. And, uh, you know, that's, that's something that we all have to do is to learn to follow Jesus and to keep his commandments. And then he says, I'll pray the Father that he will send to you the Comforter, uh, another Counselor, a one who would remember all things and bring all things to your remembrance. And uh, I, I think that's interesting. And, and uh, we find that in our lives today that whenever we come to know Christ as our Savior, uh, that we receive the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. And he is there for that purpose. Uh, to guide and direct us and to show us the way. And uh, they didn't quite understand all of this. And uh, But Jesus says, you know, I'm not going to leave you orphan. I won't leave you alone. I, I'm sending this comforter to you. And, and he also says, and I thought it was interesting in verse 20. And in verse 20, he said, on that day. And I thought, well, what does he mean on that day, you know? And actually, Jesus is beginning to share with them that this comforter is coming on that day when he comes. He says, you're going to be able to understand. You're going to be able to see what I'm talking about. 
uh, because they were confused. They, they didn't really understand it all. And he was telling me, he says, you will understand it on that day when he comes. He'll reveal things to you uh, that uh, bring things to your remembrance. Yeah. And that day was, was the day of Pentecost. Yeah, the, the day, day when of the Holy Pentecost, Spirit came. Right. That was a day that many of the Jewish scholars did not see coming. When they thought of the day and the day of the Lord, they were thinking of the, the, the day when yeah. the Messiah would come, come and again. establish his, his kingdom. This is a day that was, made, was, was not seen by, uh, by the prophets in right. the Old Testament. This was a special thing um, that Jesus is, is predicting and that Jesus is promising. Um, and I, I, love, I love it the way he says, and you mentioned it, I will not leave you as orphans. Yeah. Um, that, was a, that was one of the causes of the disciples um, being distraught or being dismayed because Jesus actually dropped several bombshells on them during that upper room yes, he did. time. Yeah, that he one of did. them would betray him, Judas would betray him. That, um, that he would be leaving and going back to the Father. And then, as you mentioned, Peter's denial. So their hearts were, were dismayed and discouraged. And this was one of Jesus' Jesus's encouraging them. And, and, and he's so patient, just like he yeah. is with us. He was patient with them. And, Absolutely. And, and, and reminding them, comforting them with the promise of the Holy Spirit. Well, he had kind of set it up, too, it, it, you know, because... Uh, prior to this, he said, you know, I am the way, I am the truth, mm-hmm. I am the life. And uh, he was kind of setting up the, the scene, I think, for the church, that it's through that faith in, in him that he is the way, he is the truth, he is life. He said, no one comes to the Father except through and by me. And uh, so this is, this is how the church is going to begin, is, is through our faith in him and who he is. And that's how the church would begin. We're going to see some more of Absolutely. that as we, as we yeah, go. Yeah, we will. Yeah. The second passage uh, for this day is John chapter 16. This is the same yeah. situation. Same. Uh, we skip ahead a few words, uh, mm-hmm. which you know, if you have time, it'd be great to read the whole, that whole what they call the upper room discourse there from John 13 to 16. 16 yeah. um, Probably less time it would take you to watch the evening news. <laughs> Probably a lot more encouraging. But we, we skip ahead to uh, verse 5, verses 5 through 15, when once again um, Jesus promises the Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. sheds some more light on on how the ministry of the Holy Spirit is going to help the disciples. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, we find here that this is the, this is the work of the Holy Spirit that mm-hmm. he's going to describe here. Uh, but I thought it too, it was interesting. He says, but now I'm going away. Uh, but he said, uh, not one of you have asked me where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was kind of interesting too. And I said, well, that just shows more of their concern, their confusion. Uh, I'm sure Peter, he's still, he's still thinking about his denial. Yep, yep. And uh, the other disciples, they're, they're concerned about, well, he's going away. And so they, they've not even stopped to ask him, you know, you know where are you going? Uh, that he says, I, I spoke because of the things that I've spoke to you, that you've got sorrow in your heart, and you're so full of the sorrow and so self-contained with that that you're not listening really to everything that I'm telling you. And uh, so he's trying to reveal to them, you know, that the Holy Spirit is going to come. I'm going to send that comforter. He'll come, and uh, he will bring conviction into the world uh, for sin and for righteousness and for judgment. And, 
And absolutely, that's what the Holy Spirit does, isn't it? He sure does. When He comes into our life, we find that uh, we're convicted of our sin, um, and then we find that we are drawn to righteousness, and yet there's judgment in our lives. And so, He also... It, beginning in verse 12, he gives the promise that when the Spirit comes, he calls him the Spirit of truth. truth yeah. He will guide you into all truth. And we see that played out in two different ways. There's the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the, in the life of the believer who guides us into the tr truth as he illumines our minds as we read God's Word. He also brought to the remembrance of the apostles, the disciples, the words that Jesus right. said. And just reading this in John is, is, a, is a fulfillment of the promise that Jesus made because John Absolutely. faithfully, through the power of the Holy Spirit, um, recorded what Jesus said in this upper room right here. Yeah. So. yeah. Isn't it amazing how the Holy Spirit works in our lives? It is. And, uh, and, and you know, I think out of the, the Trinity... Uh, the Holy Spirit's the one that we we know le least amount of, and and it's so it's so sad that we don't spend more time th thinking and uh, reading and studying about the Holy Spirit and about what He does, and and uh, you know He's a main part of all of all of our faith. Absolutely, and uh, and we need to understand that. So our next then, reading. Then he jumps us, over to Matthew, I <laughs> to think. Matthew yeah. 16. And this is, these are all, as we were talking before filming here, they're, they're shorter passages, but they're incredibly powerful. Yeah. And Matthew 16 is, I guess you could say, a bedrock passage when it comes to what we know mm. about the church, what we know about Christ's church. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's interesting. We When we get to Matthew 16, we're talking about, uh, uh, we're going to look at Peter's confession. I mean, here we just got through talking about Peter's going to deny Jesus, yep. and which which he did. But then we find that it also there was some salvation to that, you know, that Jesus brought. But here we find that uh, Peter makes a great confession. He does. He really talks about who who the Messiah is. We find Jesus has gone into Caesarea Philippi with his disciples, and, and of course he come to this place to where they're offering all these sacrifices to these idols, mm -hmm. the pan god, and all this, you know, and and right there in front of that wall of place where they're offering these sacrifices, Jesus stops them and says, "Hey, guys, who do men say that I am?" Mm. There are quite a few answers, too. Yeah. Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, mm -hmm. others Jeremiah mm -hmm. or one of the prophets. So it's, it's a reminder that even while God in the flesh was walking the earth, people still didn't recognize him for yep. who he was. Absolutely. Uh, but Peter nails it, though. Oh, yeah, uh, he does. When, he when, nails it. When Jesus turns to Peter and says, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You're the Christ, Son of the living God. Absolutely. He got it right. Yeah, he got so. it right. Well, and then Jesus told him, he says, well, flesh and blood hadn't revealed it to you. Mm -hmm. Yep. But it was the Father, which is in heaven. And then you think about now, we just got through talking about the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit. Well, that's what the work of the Holy Spirit is going to do. Yep, yep. Uh, whenever that Jesus is crucified, buried, and resurrected, and ascended back to heaven, the Holy Spirit then comes onto the scene, and he's the one who reveals these things to us. Uh, he's, the one who revealed, he's the one who revealed Christ to me. Whenever I come to know Jesus as my Savior. Absolutely. Yeah. I realized I was lost. I was a sinner. I needed Christ, and I knew who he was, and I surrendered my life. And then the Holy Spirit came in, and he's been with me for the last 60 years. 
in my life, and I praise the Lord for that. And each of us have been saved because of the same truth revealed through the Holy Spirit that was revealed to, to Peter here, right. um, that Jesus uh, is the Christ, Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to Peter that upon this rock, that statement that Peter made, not right. Peter himself, right. but the statement that he made, upon this rock I will build my church. So the church is built on the truth of Jesus being the Son of God. Jesus was who he says he was. Yeah. Um, and I love this, the second part of that sentence there in that verse. It says, the gates of hell, hell shall not, not prevail, prevail against it. Absolutely. Um, well, it's Jesus' church. And, uh, it, you know, we, we talk about like Lewis being our church, you know, but this is, this is the Lord's church. Yes, it is. Uh, we exist because of Christ. And, uh, you know, it's not because of uh, who we are here or anybody that's leading us here. It's Jesus who is our shepherd, who is leading us. And it's through him that we exist here and that we have this church. And uh, this is just a church, but we're talking about the church, which is the overall uh, church of, of Jesus Christ, all believers who come to know him. And uh, the gates of hell will not prevail against that. And we've been, yeah. you know, I, I was told by someone that you know, gates are defensive. Mm. And it's not us trying to defend ourselves from hell and from the forces of evil. This is a picture of we as Christ's church conquering. conquering. The gates of hell will not prevail against yep. uh, Christ's church. They will not hold up. Oh, they're going to fall down. So that's a... That's an encouraging thing oh, to read in these times absolutely. when sometimes we feel like we're on the defensive. Oh, yeah. So. And, and from that time on, we find that Jesus started telling his disciples, you know, I got to go to Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. he set his face toward Jerusalem and uh, it was coming down to his time. And uh, the disciples said, oh, no, 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 you can't go there. You know, they're, they're looking for you there. They're, they want you, you know, they're going to get you. And, and I believe it was Peter... Here's Peter here who jumps out, and Peter's always jumping out in the end, <laughs> jumping into the frying pan. But he, he jumps in there and says, Oh, no, oh, no, Lord, this isn't going to happen to you. And, uh, and Peter even says, You know, I, I, you know it, this can't be. And, and Jesus says, Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. And he had to, first of all, we find that he had the Spirit of the Lord revealed that Christ yep. is a living. Uh, Christ was uh, was the Son of God, and then they turn right around and he, he calls him Satan because Satan is now trying to hinder Jesus from his actions of going to uh, to Jerusalem, and Peter's in the middle of all of this, and uh, kind of reminds me of us today. Absolutely, you know, yeah. we're we're just into it. We love the Lord, and we're we're for the Lord. We testify. We witness and. And yet there's times whenever that we say, no, this can't be, you know. And uh, times we might even argue with the Lord and say, no, this isn't the way it is. And I, I can remember a time whenever I was pastoring a church and, and I know I was, I was led to leave. And I said, no, Lord, I, I can't leave, you know. We, we were having such a good time and, mm -hmm. and the church was moving, you know. And we, were, uh, we were progressing and I said, uh, this has got to be a Satan. I said, no, Lord, I'm not moving, you know. And I said, and, uh, and he finally brought me to the point to where he said, yes, this is time for you to move. And uh, we have to realize, you know, that we don't always have the answers, but the Holy Spirit does. That's right. The Holy Spirit does. And 
And this is where Jesus tells us to take up our cross. Yep. And that was, yeah, as Jesus in, invited the disciples or led the disciples into an understanding that he was building his church, his gathering, uh, the churches were following Jesus. Yeah. Following him, picking up our cross daily, denying ourselves, and that's the life that he has called us to live. Yeah. But it's absolutely. a victorious life. The gates of hell will not prevail against. No, it won't. You know, it's interesting. People say, well, the Scripture says that we are to take up His cross and follow Him. It didn't say His cross. It says our cross. Mm -hmm. yep. Our cross. Take up our cross. Uh, so we have a cross to bear. And, uh, and if we're going to follow Jesus, we'll find that there is a cross to bear. Because Jesus had, uh, they, they hated Jesus and they, uh, they wanted to kill Him. And, and, you know, the world hates us. Uh, it's sad to say that, but the, the world does. They don't understand. And a lot of men have been turned over to, I think, to reprobate minds where they, they'll, never, they'll never understand. And so they're really out to destroy our faith and our trust in the Lord. But uh, the gates of hell will not That's prevail. Right. Praise right. the Lord for that. Absolutely. Now we move, yeah. we kind of jump ahead, and uh, obviously there are a, a few important details that we're jumping Jumping ahead of, and that yeah. would be that Jesus did go to go Jerusalem, to cross. Mm -hmm. died on a cross, rose again, um, left the disciples once more with that promise um, to wait in Jerusalem, the Holy Spirit would come. And then in Acts chapter 2, uh, the sign reading yes. is verses 14 through 47. Mm -hmm. Now we find, <laughs> we find on that day, comes. we yeah. find on that, that day. That was the day, yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah. we cover, and once again, you've... Our, our reading picks up with none other than Peter. Peter, once again. So, yeah. I guess it's a reminder to us that even even those of us who have maybe we failed before or we don't follow Jesus perfectly the way that we should, and that's all of us. Yeah. Um, God is he, he's still ready to use us when we yeah absolutely we, we turn back to him and and Peter delivers a sermon that is oh yeah. Uh, Quite a sermon. It's a shame we didn't have live streaming back then. Oh, my goodness, uh, yes. Because yeah. we, we'd be saving that one for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he, he kind of takes the, it was a primarily Jewish audience, and he took them through almost the beginning of time, time. there. All the, the prophecy, all the Old Testament prophecies, and he says that Jesus is the one. He's the one who was you know, yeah. prophesied. He was, re he was he's, he died, he rose again, and... Um, he, yeah. he, 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 he didn't mince many words. No. Um, no, and, and you know, this had to be through the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. I mean, Peter was an unlearned man. He was a fisherman. I mean, he wasn't educated in all this stuff. Yeah. So where did he pick up all of this? Well, the Holy Spirit revealed all the things which he needed to know in order exactly. to, to do the sermon that was needed for that day. And uh, Peter surrendered to that and allowed the Holy Spirit to direct him. And, and what a powerful sermon it was. We could go through it, but, you know, you just need to read it. Absolutely. Uh, you need to read it, and you need to take your time when you go through it and listen to the Holy Spirit direct your mind and your heart through what Peter is sharing. Uh, because this is really, that's what happened to the, uh, to the Jews. Uh, they heard the message and everything. And uh, their hearts were pricked. Their, were, their hearts were convicted. Yes. Uh, the Holy Spirit was moving uh, in, in that situation, and, and it pricked their hearts. And, 
And uh, matter of fact, they even says, "Brothers, what can we do? What can we do here?" You know, and uh, we see that they were called to repentance. Yep. And it's interesting. This is this is the birth of the church. That's the birth and of the church. The church was born through the the power of the Holy Spirit, the you know preaching of the gospel, and the, the salvation of people. People. And uh, about it says three thousand mm -hmm. um, were added uh, to the church. On that day, so the church grew from 120 who were there in that upper, upper room, room. In Acts, Acts 1 to about 3,120. 3,120, yeah. And uh, <laughs> you see the fruit of a church that is, even though it was a new church, a church that is relying on the power of the Holy Spirit and preaching the gospel. You see in verses 42 through 47 this beautiful picture of, oh, yeah. of, of the church and what, what church can be and what it should be. Uh, where they're they're together, um, they they take care of one another. Um, it says that they're sharing their possessions. A lot of them had traveled to Jerusalem mm -hmm. uh, for those you know, Jewish holidays, so they didn't. You know, they only had a little bit of food, a little bit of clothing. They didn't. They weren't set up to live for for weeks and months on end. So everyone was taking care of each other in love. Um, it's interesting how they didn't want to leave. No. They didn't no, want to leave. Matter of fact, we find this kind of got a, this became a little bit of a problem for them, yeah. <laughs> which we we can see later on down yeah. the road. You know, they had to scatter. But uh, you're absolutely right. You know that uh, they loved one another. They they experienced that movement of the Holy Spirit in their lives, and it it changed their lives completely. And they loved one another, and they cared for one another, and they was taking care of one. And you, you compare that to church today. Mm -hmm. You know. That's what we should be doing. We should be caring for the brothers and sisters in Christ. And I've always said being a member of the church, knowing Christ and being a part of the family of God, there's a benefit to that. Absolutely. I mean, if you'll read the Scripture, you'll find he's all time talking about, you know, pray for the brethren, love mm -hmm. the brethren, care for the brethren. He's not talking about the world. You know, we think we got to go out and we got we got to minister to the whole world by providing for them everything that they need in life. No, we're to provide the gospel to them, but the brethren, the church, is the ones we are to care for. There's a benefit to being saved, a benefit for being a Christ follower. And uh, we see that throughout the Scripture. Not that we should ignore those who are, in, sure. who are lost, but we, we ignore the, the fact that they need, have needs, but their greatest need is, is Jesus Christ. Yes. And that's our call is to present to them Jesus Christ as our Savior. Yeah. So we, we see the church growing. Mm -hmm. And then, as you mentioned, that a growing church, that can, that can lead to some areas that need to be addressed and maybe need to be yeah. smoothed over. And the next reading comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And this was a response to a church that was mm -hmm. maybe to put it gently, not functioning as it should. Um, probably some other things that could be said about the church in Corinth. Um, yeah. Maybe they could be said about a lot of us, though, oh, as absolutely. Christians. Um, but there was, there was some misunderstanding. There was some fighting and disagreement over whose spiritual gifts, gifts mm. given by the Holy Spirit, were more important Port and more worthy of, of honor. And First mm. Corinthians chapter 12 uh, addresses that and, yes. and uh, kind of paints a picture, right, of, yeah. of what the church is. Yeah, absolutely. It, uh, you know, he talks about the, the differing gifts. 
He said, uh, and it, you know, going back to the fact that the church has now begun and, and, and the people didn't want to leave each other there in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. They loved each other. They, and this was the beginning of church. And they had all things in common, they said. But the interesting thing was that as church grows and as it gets bigger and as more people come in, uh, we find that then there's ideas that come in. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going on right here in First Corinthians. For sure. In this church, there are so many ideas and so many differing ideas. And, and uh, yeah, they were thinking, my gift's better than your gift. And, and uh, you know, God's blessed me more than he's blessed you. No. And, and we find that Paul tells them, he said, listen, he said, there are many different gifts. But he says it's the same Lord. Yep. It's the same Lord who is blessing in each one of these gifts. Uh, Brother Matt has a great gift uh, for working with the teens and with the uh, college kids and stuff. And, and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a gift that I don't have, but he has. And I, I honor that gift. I think it's wonderful. And I praise the Lord for that. And I pray for Brother Matt. Pray for you, my brother. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, because that's a wonderful gift. And we need that gift in the church. But uh, we have many differing gifts. Uh, but he also compares that to the body. Yes, yes. The, and the body is many different parts. You know, we got many fingers, we got toes, and we got feet, and we got hands, and but they they all, don't all do the same thing. No, they don't. <laughs> but they're important. And I have circled the di- every time the word one, one and the word many, many is 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 mentioned because. The Apostle Paul is is demonstrating that there's one body, but there are so many. And I took an anatomy class in high school, but uh-huh. the number has since long, long since, since left me. But there are there are a certain number of bones that every human body has, and an X number of muscles that every human body has, and right. and all the intricacies of the human body. But how every component of the human body is so important. important. Um, and it's a reminder here that even maybe areas of service within the church um, that don't get as much recognition just by nature of the kind of service it is, is just as vitally important. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I know a lot of our, our, our church members who are involved in the media ministry. Now, the media ministry is a ministry that you don't notice unless mm. something goes wrong. It doesn't work um, right. But how, how important of it, especially during the pandemic, we learned how important are those men and women who work in our media Absolutely. ministry were able to, our church was able to continue to get the gospel out because of them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of diversities of gifts, but it's a still, it's the same Lord that works in every one of them. Yeah, and so we thank the Lord for that. And we see that here at Lewis. We see that there are a lot of differing gifts here. And this church is blessed. I mean, we do have people who, I mean, we've got singers, we've got musicians, we've got, uh, you know, we've got the media ministry, we've got the the office staff. I mean, we don't often think, Mm -hmm. of well, you know, there's people back here who are working behind the scenes, you know, uh, to keep all this stuff going and everything. I mean, we've got so many ministries and so many gifts of people who, who are working to bring all of this together. And it all comes together here in the church on Sundays and Wednesdays and throughout the week Absolutely. in our small yeah. groups. And it's just an amazing, it's an amazing uh, atmosphere that we have here. And, you know, a lot of times the people who are just uh, coming to sit in the pew to hear the word on that Sunday morning, they don't realize the magnitude 
of work absolutely that is put into everything and that's what paul is talking about it's it's one body and it all has to work together yep. in order to bring everything to fruition and we're reminded that in verse 27 you are the that's you plural that's not a you mm -hmm. individual that's mm -hmm. as we come together and gather no. you are the body, body of, christ. of christ so this is not a, a country club this is mm -hmm. not people who come together for social action and social change you know, when the body of Christ gets together, when the church comes together, we are doing, as Christ representatives, the ministry of Christ on earth. Absolutely. Uh, so, so we'll learn, I think, in our next, uh, our next reading that he is the head. He, he is, is, the, he is head. the head of the church. Yep. And we should yeah. probably go ahead and turn over there, shouldn't yeah. we, in Colossians um, chapter 1. And kind of one of my favorite uh, books of the Bible and, and chapters of the Bible just because of um, the way that it describes Jesus and, and, and who he is. Um, we kind of have a short, short section there in Colossians, though, don't we? Chapter 1, verses 24 um, through 29. Uh, once again, this is written by the Apostle Paul. Um, and he says, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church. Yeah, so we kind of pick see. right back up back, yeah. on the body, the yeah. body imagery there. Yeah. Um, and uh, we see Paul sacrificing for the church. He says yeah. he's filling up um, what's lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body. Mm. Um, so we see someone who has dedicated his life to building Christ's church. Well, and it's, it's the fact that he realizes that uh, it's Christ is his whole life. And, and, you know, it's Paul. We, we know how Paul became a Christian. Uh, uh, we know what he did before yep. he became a Christian. Uh, and we've, we've maybe not followed that particular path, but yet we are still lost. Uh, but it's so amazing whenever somebody who really knows how lost they were mm -hmm. and then when they find jesus he is everything everything to them and he became everything to paul i'm reminded of paul saying at one time i said all of the things that i had gained in life my great education and all of my position and and who i was a pharisee of pharisees and all they said i give it all up gave up everything just to know christ yep and he went a little further than to know Christ and his sufferings. And, that's, and, and I thought, you know, wow, be careful what you ask for. You know, he, he wanted to identify with Christ and his sufferings. And Buddy did he, he, did sure he, did. he knew. He, he, he actually did uh, come to know Christ and his sufferings. He suffered a lot. Uh, so... We need to realize that uh, we need to dedicate our lives. Yes, we have other things we have to do in life. We have other responsibilities. But in all of those responsibilities, we reveal Christ. It's through Him that we, that we exist and that we, uh, we produce through our lives, through our children, through our homes, through our jobs, through everything. Uh, we want to bring honor and glory to Christ. And, and that's what the Apostle Paul said there yeah, in that 29th verse. He said, I labor for this. I labor for this, striving with his strength uh, that, that works powerfully in me. And uh, it is through, through the Holy Spirit and through his power.
Well, I, I noticed also that term mystery that's used. Oh, the mystery, yeah. And you, yeah. when we're talking about Christ and his church, the, uh, the word well, mystery is used yeah. to describe certain fu functions or realities of us as believers, the body of Christ, uh, that, were, that were not known to those Old Testament prophets. And I wrote down a few of those where we see the mystery of the church, where that word is used. Mm -hmm. We know that it's Jew and Gentile in one body. That mm -hmm. was not foreseen no, no. In, the, mm -hmm. in the Old Testament. Um, later in Colossians, that Christ is individually dwelling every believer. Um, that, is, that had never happened before. There were times in the Old Testament the Holy Spirit would come upon someone and, and, and empower them to, to do a, a task or a, or a mission. In Ephesians 5, there's the mystery of the church as the bride of Christ. And yeah. then uh, 1 Corinthians, there's, he says, Behold, I show you a mystery. Mm -hmm. uh, we will all be changed. It's describing the rapture, that moment mm -hmm. of the twinkling of an eye. So yeah. there are blessings and there are realities of being part of the church, part mm -hmm. of the bride of Christ um, that have never been known to people before. That's right. Um, so we, right. we're blessed people to be in that, in that body, in wow. the body of Christ. And then here we've got... We've got the scripture. Yep. We can read the mysteries and we can understand mm -hmm. them. Uh, boy, we're a blessed people, we sure brother are. Matt. We're a blessed people. Yeah. And now, we only have one one more passage here, and uh, we're kind of working our way through the New Testament, mm -hmm. aren't we? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we we found our our place in in Hebrews, and we're in verses nineteen through through thirty nine. Uh, and Hebrews sometimes can be a little difficult just to jump into because yeah. it builds and it builds and it builds. Um, but verse 19 of chapter 10 is kind of a good place to, to jump into, isn't it? Yeah, so. yeah absolutely. You know, I, I've, matter of fact, you, I've got a thing already written out here and everything in my Bible because <laughs> I, I looked at it as uh, the one thing that I noted was important in uh, verses 19 through 25, he says, let us consider, let us consider. And, uh, uh, you know, we find that in verse 24. He says, mm -hmm. and let us consider one another. As we go through there, we find that there are, there are words that are very important for us to stop and to look at. And, and when he talks about and having, therefore, brethren, boldness, he's talking about liberty. Yes. Boldness and liberty uh, to be able to enter into the holiest of uh, you know, by the blood of Jesus. And, and he goes on to talk about which has consecrated or made new, has made new to us. And uh, then we find that we need to hold fast, uh, which means be firm, mm -hmm. be steadfast. We need to stand firm in our faith and our trust in Christ and in, our, in what we believe. And he says, not wavering, having no uncertainty about it, no uncertainty whatsoever, and uh, not being indecisive. And that's kind of a theme in Hebrews, isn't it? it to is, hold it fast, is. to, to draw, hold near, fast, draw near, uh, to, to not waver, because it's likely this, this, this book was written to Christians who were under intense persecution, persecution. and they were, you know, they were being forced in many ways to decide between continuing in their faith and continuing to, to stand up for Jesus and hold fast to the gospel or to, to relent and yeah. to deny him. Um, so we see in verse 25, that is a, to us, when we think of not, it says not to neglect to meet together, but encourage one another. So it, it's a reminder that we should gather together. Uh, what they were up against in gathering together when Hebrews was written, the people to whom Hebrews was written, they were up against, comparatively yeah, speaking, probably 
much larger obstacles than we are. Yeah. Um, yet they continued to faithfully meet together, um, even under threat of persecution. Yeah. Uh, it's a reminder how important it is for us to, to gather together as the body of Christ. Well, you stay close to the fire, you stay warm, and, yeah. you, and you stay on fire. And, that's right. Uh, so that's important for us to, to understand that. And he told us to hold fast, to firm, stand fast, uh, not to be indecisive. And, you know, so many people are indecisive today. And in everything, I mean, in politics even, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you have one politician tells you this, and, oh, well, I'm for that. And then the next politician comes up and says, oh, well, I'm more for that. <laughs> and they're indecisive. And, but we can't be indecisive when it comes to Christ. Yep. Yeah, he right. is the Christ, the Son of the living God, as Peter said. Yeah, absolutely. So as, as we kind of wrap up our reading, we see the church as, yeah. as this wonderful thing to be, that we're blessed to be a part of. Um, also, uh, we're, we are a people who are going to be challenged and who are going to go through hardships. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have, that, we have that promise of the Holy Spirit who's with us. We have um, the, the promise of the return of Christ that, that he's going to yeah, catch us up out of this, oh, uh, out of this yeah, terrible, sin-cursed world, and we're going to be forever with him. So yeah. beginning to end, it's all about Jesus. Absolutely. Um, about yeah. our, our faith in him and about our hope in his return. So. That's why he says in uh, verse 38, he says, now the just live by faith. Mm-hmm. We right. have to live by faith. And in verse 39, he says, but we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Yeah. And yeah, we still hold fast to that, that, that we live by faith, not by sight. And that really is a good verse to end on, isn't it? Because yes, it is. you compare that to uh, Tuesday's reading where told the gates of hell will not prevail against, against the church, and then we're reminded here that we're not the ones who shrink back. Nope. Uh, we, the book has been written. Yeah. Uh, we read the end of the book. Um, we win? We win through Christ. <laughs> through Christ. Uh, through Christ. So, Absolutely. So I yeah. hope you've enjoyed um, enjoyed the, the time where we get to discuss this reading, but the most yeah. important thing is that each day this week um, that you join us uh, being in the Word and, and reading these passages and applying them to your life. So... Once again, thank you for joining us on the Rooted Podcast. Uh, We hope you have a great week. Yeah, God bless.